Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio with you. Tucker Bagley behind the glass. You guys with us. 215-592-9494. We're reacting to the Dave Dabrowski Sandful press conference today. We could also continue to talk about the Eagles. I, I don't believe the team was exposed on Monday. That's not the word I would use. I've heard that E word out there often with the Eagles, so we'll have that in the, in the mix as well. But I, I want to have a little hot stove check-in here after listening to Dave Dabrowski because it was quite interesting listening to all of the different uh, parts of that press conference. Here's what I wrote down. I wanted to react to all these different things with you guys. Um First thing, now we did the Bryce Harper thing earlier. I don't think we're going to see him uh, back in the lineup till June at the earliest, maybe July. That, you know, the, the extra month and a half uh, post when the regular season ended to now, it's a big deal. Now, now we'll see. Now, if it's not Tommy John, this could change. It's all subject to what they find there. But just the messaging, the wording, the fact that this injury happened the second week of April, we are trending towards Thanksgiving. I didn't realize he's having the surgery the day before Thanksgiving. Is that a weird time to have surgery? Isn't that the most popular surgery day of the year? Is it? Or is that the most popular travel day of the year? Travel. I get them mixed up. Yeah. I would. Um, is there a popular surgery day? <laughs> like, you know what? Give me Wednesday the 16th. I don't know why, and I might be making this up. I'm pretty sure the most popular day to get a vasectomy is the day before the NCAA tournament. Well, you're, you're, you're right about that. That's, that's, I don't know if it's a fact, but I've heard it. <laughs> I've heard the same thing you had. I didn't just make that up. No, I, that's been out there. And I get that one, right? Like, from what it seems like, you can't really move. you got to lay on the couch with a, a ice on you for a couple of days. So, I do that anyway. Yeah, right. So, But at least there's basketball on for 12 hours a day. So, And it's, it's basketball you want to watch anyway. So I get that. I never heard of the day before Thanksgiving surgery, but whatever. That's when Bryce Harper's going to go under the knife next week. Other things from Nebraska here I thought were interesting. I thought he was pretty honest and critical of Nick Castellanos talking about how he swings and he swings at too many pitches outside the strike zone. He doesn't have great plate discipline and it came back to bite him. I also think little bit excuse making with the, the Castellanos year we had here. Am I wrong? Did, did not Kyle Schwarber sign here late? Did he not have to move cities? And I think he, him and his wife recently had a baby as well. I think he went through all those same changes as Nick Castellanos, and he hit 46 regular season home runs and six more in the playoffs. And Nick Castellanos got off to a hot start. Didn't Nick Castellanos also hit a home run on opening day? Uh, opening day or the next day? Yeah, like, and he hit, I think, 300 through the month of April. Like, he didn't start sucking until middle of June or July. Yeah, I mean, like, just a little excuse make. Now, the party brought up about the oblique injury. We've talked about that. 
I think there might be something to that because you look at when that oblique injury happened, how short he was out when he came back, no rehab assignment, right back in, boom, playoffs. It was probably difficult for him to to get his timing back. So I'll give Castellanos that one. But I, I just think there's been a lot of excuse making. Well, you know, I moved and I signed late and we had a baby and everyone knew I lived at Ben Simmons' house. Uh, you know, just hit, man. Like, just... Just hit next season. And they're going to need him. They're going to need him. But Bryce Harper missing a, a good chunk of next season. Nick Castellanos has to bounce back. But I thought it was interesting. The Brass talking about maybe in the offseason more of a plan. Like he has to have a, a better just grasp of the strike zone. Wasn't he so easy to pitch to in the playoffs? Like, I'm not expecting him to walk 100 times next year. That's not who he is. But if he doesn't fix his swing and, and miss at outside pitches, he's not going to bounce back. Like that's it's just too easy to pitch to. No, I mean, especially in the World Series, it felt like he was swinging at everything, no matter if it was a strike or a ball, and just praying that it hit his bat. I think there was a at batting against Hector Neris in the World Series where he just threw him five straight sinkers out of the zone, and he swung at three of them. Right, and it was bad. So the Castellanos thing was interesting. Now, how about them referring to Bryson Stott as their second baseman? I mean, like. And I, I didn't get a chance to listen to the full Topper uh, presser, Tucker, but you said that that continued with Topper. Yeah, he was even more effusive because they they were talking – I think someone asked him a question if Edmundo Sosa could play first base if uh, Reese Hoskins was DHing to start the season. Which is an which odd Which that idea. is a, a good DH option if yeah. Bryce Harper's out for the first couple months. And he said, well, no, Edmundo will probably play third and Bohm can play first. And then he kept talking about Edmundo being his shortstop. He, he never once mentioned Bryson Stott as, you know, this is what we're doing up the middle. And someone asked him, hey, you know, do you think you're going to sign Carlos Correa or a big-name shortstop? He said, well, maybe, but if we don't, we have Edmundo there. Never a mention about Bryson Stott. So I think at one point someone did ask him, did you ask Bryson Stott if he'd rather play second or, hmm. or short? And he responded and, and said, Bryson told him, I just want to play in the majors. Well, I like that attitude. I mean, it's it's kind of the opposite of Reese Hoskins. Remember after the year when Santana was here, and, and they had to get Reese out of left field. That was a disaster. But he talked about wanting to go back to first base, and, and obviously they, they made that happen uh, and, and moved Santana. But I, I like that attitude from Bryce Stott, and I'm glad he's, he's willing to be versatile. I wonder how much of this is real and how much is leverage for the shortstops that they're chasing, right? Like if Bryce Stott, I mean, if they, if they talk about Amundo Sosa as their shortstop, they, I think the, my guess is they're trying to come off not desperate to Trey Turner, not desperate to to Xander Bogarts or whoever. You know, I'm not sure if they're going to really chase Swanson and Correa, but it certainly seems like Bogarts, based on the report last week by John Heyman and Turner, we know about are are certainly possibilities. I wonder if it's like we have an option. We tra- we trade we traded for this guy last summer. He's we like Edmundo Sosa. I'm just not sure if I buy that they think he could play every day. It seems off. Yeah, but if you were trying to not seem desperate, wouldn't you put your former first-round pick at shortstop? I, I think yeah. almost admitting that Bryson Stott's your second baseman is putting a big sign between second and third right now that says vacant. Well, that that's a good point. Um, either way, they have to fill a spot, and I think they're going to. I mean, just the way they, they spoke in this press conference, they're, they're going to sign a middle infielder. I mean, even Howard asked if they sign – um, you know, one significant middle infielder is that it? And then that was the answer. Is basically yes. They're gonna, they're gonna. I mean, they're gonna get someone to play the middle infield. I think a worst case scenario is Segura comes back to play second base. Like if they strike out on all these guys, what are they gonna do then? 
I mean, I, I don't. I just. I guess I don't really buy. They would just play Edmundo Sosa every day at shortstop next season. No, and you do have some depth up the middle with Sosa, with Stott, and even you can throw Nick Maton. Yeah, into that group, but that's not good enough to get it done in the postseason. No, no. I, mean, I like Edmundo Sosa. I like Nick Maton. I think they're winning ball players, but. I don't think they're everyday major leaguers no, at this point in their careers. They're not. So I, I think they will will get a, a significant upgrade in the middle infield. Um, another thing that was interesting, it was a short question-answer part, but it was brought up that Aaron Nola, who, again, finished fourth in the NL Cy Young, and that came out tonight, He has they picked up his options. So he has, he's a free agent next offseason. And and Dabrowski was asked, would they have any sort of extension conversation with him? And he didn't say yes, but he, he basically said, we would like to have Aaron Nola around for a long time. I wonder if they do broach that. I mean, I guess you worry about an injury, and then you're wasting money if he has a significant injury. But he, he's amazingly durable. He's really good. And I would think Aaron Nola would take less money now. Like, whatever the contract he gets now, let's say they add three years to the deal. If he got to the free agent market next year, he's going to be offered more. I mean, that's just the way it works at free agency. Someone gets desperate, a team desperately needs a starting pitcher, a big market team, you know, is like, uh-oh, we had a bad year, we need to start. Like, he'll get paid more in the, in on the open market than he would on a Phillies contract. So I, I could see them broaching that this offseason. I wonder, and it depends on, on what happens, but if they sign a big – like, let's say they sign Carlos Rodon, which – Hasn't necessarily been linked, but let's say it happens. I would argue that they might be preparing for life without Aaron Nola, right? Like, he has been incredibly durable, but it's also going to be 30 years old this year and has 1,200 innings under his belt in his career. I I could see a point where they basically try to bolster their rotation this year, roll out three guys who you could claim are aces and and Wheeler Nola and a a big-time free agent and then move on from Nola after 2023 and – let Painter, let McGarry, let Abel come up and, and try to take that spot. So as I look right now, I, I just pulled up um, the pitching class for next year. We know this year is really good, right? It's Jacob DeGrom, it's Justin Verlander, it's Carlos Rodon. Uh, I'm just looking very quickly. If I am Aaron Nola's agent, I'm not taking an extension. Because I think you can make a case that if Aaron Nola has a normal Aaron Nola year, he's the number one pitcher on the market next offseason. Now, I don't know. I mean, like, Jacob DeGrom could have an opt-out. I'm not, like, I'm just guessing the guys that are going to sign this year take multi-year deals. Ready for these names? And and factor in his his age compared to some of the older guys. Carlos Carrasco, Alex Cobb, Hugh Darvish. Hugh Darvish, is, that'd be close, but he's older. Flat, Jack Flaherty, Lu, uh, Lucas Giolito had an era like five this year. Sonny Gray, Clayton Kershaw. But doesn't it feel like Kershaw just does one-year deal with the Dodgers? I think he'll keep playing for the Dodgers until they tell him to go home. Yeah, he doesn't count. Lance Lynn. Kenta Maeda, Tyler Maley, Herman Marquez, Miles Michaelis, Frankie Montas, Jordan Montgomery, Charlie Morton, Nola, Jake Odorizzi, Shohei Otani. So he'd be the number one. Otani would be one, but he's just like a unicorn. Eduardo Rodriguez, Hunjin Ryu, Scherzer has an opt-out. He's like 43 at this point. Uh, Luis Severino, Blake Snell, Marcus Stroman, Julio Urias, Alex Wood. I think he's two behind Otani. And Hotani's a, an alien, right? He he gets viewed in, in a completely different lens than everyone else on that list. I mean, if I had to guess right now, if if Nola gets the free agency next year off a normal Aaron Nola year, another top ten finish in Cy Young, is he getting like five one fifty? I think he would be well on his rights to ask for thirty million dollars a year, which yeah. would 
double his salary, right? I think he only makes around 15 or 16 right now. Yeah, I, I this is the first time I'm looking at next year's free agent class. I that might be why they broach him to an extension. If they, he signs it, great. It, but if I'm I'm his agent, I'm like, Aaron, we got to go to free agency here next year. So that's interesting. Now the other thing they talked about was starters in the open market, like who they might bring in this year. Dombrowski, I didn't get the sense he's itching to sign a ace kind of pitcher. Now maybe he does. Maybe I mean he could be playing possum here. And maybe it's Rodon or it's Verlander, who he has obviously history with. But just the way he was talking about his top three, you know, with Wheeler, Nolo, um, and of course Ranger Suarez, and he he off he mentioned I think two or three times Bailey Falter, Christopher Sanchez, those guys at the back end, and then we know Andrew Painter is going to have a chance to win a rotation spot. I didn't get a sense listening today that they're going to dive in and offer a starting pitcher $30 million a year. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe one of these guys markets craters like Castellanos. I could see that. If for some reason in the middle of January, Rodon is sitting out there, I could see a story emerging where, you know, um, Dabrowski goes to Middleton and says, hey, we got to go get this guy, like they did with Castellanos last year. But it doesn't seem like a priority. No, and the fact that they seemed so eager to – give a rotation spot to Bailey Falter. They mentioned Christopher Sanchez a yep. few times, which I thought was interesting, or or Andrew Painter. It, it feels like they're okay kind of rolling with their top three in the rotation being Wheeler, Nola, Suarez, and kind of filling it out through there. The unfortunate thing is the guy that they're looking for, a number four starter who can throw 150 innings and pitch to a 4-5 ERA, they just don't really exist anymore. right? Like You, you can't find a, a cheap guy who will take $6 million to do that anymore like no. the, the Joe Blanton's the Jamie Moyers the guys that we've grown accustomed to seeing filling out major league rotations they're all gone they are um Ross Stripling is a name I think is interesting he was with the Dodgers for a while and then he went to the Blue Jays he pitched against the Phillies in September uh, he had a really good year he made three million last year I'm sure he's gonna want a significant raise off of that so maybe it costs I don't know 12 15 a year for maybe a couple years and he's your four or your five and you kind of have some cover against, uh, you know, Painter not being ready or, or injuries or whatnot. So that's, but I think they'll get that kind of starter. I just don't know who it is. And again, it could be Zach Eflin. Eflin could come back here next year. And Howard asked about that. They haven't closed the door. But when Eflin turned down the $15 million option, I have to believe his agent thinks they have multi year deals they're going to get. I, I don't, what does he get? 225, 230 more? I, I don't know. Yeah, I feel like that seems about right, but I just don't know if he's worth that kind of money if he is yet to make it through a full season healthy. Well, like, he's shown he can be a pitcher. He's shown that he's capable of being effective in big moments, but if I'm paying $50 million for a pitcher, I need you to take the ball every fifth day, and in his career, there hasn't been a season where he hasn't missed a month or six weeks due to a variety of injuries, and his knees, they're breaking down on a consistent basis at this point. I and mean, he pitched 75 innings this this year. I mean, and this was his contract year. Like he, I'm sure he's, he left spring training thinking, this is the year I have to put it together. I have to stay on the field. They got 75 innings out of him. I mean, that's it's alarming. It's almost like he's got those, like, um, remember Jay Ajayi had those uh, degenerative knees. It's just his career was never going to be long. Yeah, I mean, he's made over 24 starts once in his career, and that was 2019. Yeah. Was that the year he had the heavy body? Yes. Yeah, I, I like Eflin, and, and he gave them some, some important innings. But it's going to be – I wonder if he goes to a team that is really smart that can manage him the right way. Couldn't you see him as a Dodger? 
<laughs> do you think that he can find a role in a bullpen? Because I don't think yeah. he was effective enough as a bullpen piece in the postseason to turn that into a, a full-time job. Probably not. But you know how like, teams now use bulk relievers? Couldn't you see him as a Dodger and they're like, we'll, we'll take care of you. You come over here. We'll figure it out. You give us 110 innings. We'll figure it out. Sometimes you're out of the bullpen. You might make 15 starts. I could see them making him better. I mean, because he's got good stuff. That curveball he had at times this year was outstanding. He, it's going to go one of two ways. He's going to go to a bad team, and we're and he's going to get hurt, and we're going to forget about him in two years. Like, oh, what happened to Zach Eflin? Or I could see him with a smart team who, who thinks they could figure out the right way to use him and keep him healthy, not push him, and it'll be really effective. It wouldn't. I, the, the, for some reason, the Dodgers stand out as a team. They're like, all right, because they lost Tyler Anderson already to the. Um, Angels and Anderson was a guy that was kind of like a journeyman, decent, and then they made him really good. Yeah, I, I could see F one uh, in some kind of place like that. The other part that was interesting, we played it towards the end there, was the Reese Hoskins conversation. Obviously, the fun back and forth with Howard and Dabrowski. Dabrowski saying people yelling him when he's running about Reese Hoskins, and then the way Sam Full described Reese Hoskins. And did you notice how many it was it was about intangibles when they both talked about him? Works hard. Well liked leader. I mean, I I think they they like him, and but I also thought they were pretty fair and honest about who he is as a player. I mean, I think Nebraska twice in that thing said he's not a Gold Glover, and he kind of laughed at the idea he ever would be a Gold Glover, and and talked about how his streakiness is what it is. You take the good with the bad. I do think, and I know a couple weeks ago in the season, and I said I want them to move on from Reese Hoskins. I thought they should. I would assign Anthony Rizzo, who went back to the Yankees already and uh, and moved on from Reese Hoskins. That's not going to happen now. I think the Bryce Harper elbow surgery makes it way more likely Reese is back. Because if they're missing Bryce's power for half the season, and who knows what kind of hitter he is next year anyway when he comes back off of potentially Tommy John, I left today feeling like Reese Hoskins is going to be here next year because I don't know if they have a better choice. I wonder if he's a guy that they can dangle in a trade deadline deal, right? If he's going to start the season as a DH, which I think we all agree kind of makes more sense and fits his profile. If Bryce Harper comes back by the middle of July and he's capable of swinging a bat and he might not be able to play the outfield yet, and you have to put Reese Hoskins back at first base after three months of kind of sitting on the bench and only using his bat, I wonder if they find themselves in a contending spot and they're fighting for a playoff spot or a wild card berth, whatever it may be, I wonder if they kind of dangle Reese Hoskins out there and, and try to get a, a middle-of-the-rotation starting pitcher or you know a, a back-end-of-the-bullpen guy. I wonder if he becomes a, a trade ship if Bryce Harper's unable to throw the ball come July 15th. He could be. Yeah, I mean, I, I still would be surprised if Reese is here beyond next season. I mean, I just don't know how he fits long-term signing him. You know, I don't know what kind of deal he gets because he's a limited player and probably better as a DH, but he's consistently a pretty good slugger. Like, does he get, you know, in the open market next offseason, three years, $60 million, something like that, maybe? Like, But, again, if they sign a Trey Turner or a Bogarts this offseason, we're talking about $20 million, $25 or $30 million on that player. We just talked about how Nola's going to command at least 20 25 maybe 30 in the open market. You are, you have Wheeler, you have Bryce, you have Castellanos, you have Schwarber, you have Real Muto. I mean, like it's a very top-heavy payroll if both Reese and Nola are back a year from now, and that's not even really including 
what they do this offseason with potentially star shortstop. So I still think Reese's days are numbered, but I, I will say that I think today and the way they framed it all today, it's it's way more likely, and it's probably almost a sure thing, he's, as, as Dave Dabrowski said, the leading candidate to be the opening day first baseman is Reese Hoskins. Should we put together a poll? See what people think? See what people want to see as their leading candidate? We should. Um, Are we electing a first baseman? Should it be like last year with pick the quarterback? I know we shouldn't talk about that, but that really didn't work out. We kind of got that one wrong. Well, as a station. I mean, I, I tried to lead everyone. I, I can only lead the horses to water. I can't make anyone. I, I was pushed back by everybody. Was anybody else that on Hurts? It was few and far between. I, the camera was on Rodgers. Marks was on Russell Wilson. Right. Was um, Ike with you on Hurts? I think he was. I think he was by the end. Uh, I, I, there was the Sean Watson was was popular because of his youth and uh, maybe getting him for cheaper than that turned into not. And he's coming back by the way in two weeks. Uh, was there any? I guess the draft was the other option. The drafts or yeah, I think that was about it. But Rus- did Russell Wilson win as the station? He did. He's he the was station. the consensus choice. Yeah, the station pick was was Russ. Who... The station. <laughs> One guy got to pick. Yeah, I know. It, yeah, you know what? You win some, you lose some. Here's a good thing: the Eagles did not listen because otherwise, could you imagine how bad it'd be if Russell Wilson was Eagles quarterback? Would Jalen Hurts still be here? Like, imagine if they traded for Russell Wilson, dumped Jalen Hurts in Denver, and he was having this kind of season. Oh my goodness! I mean, I, honestly, Howie would we'd be talking about firing Howie. Even yeah, though, I mean, the entire city would be burning to the ground. Yeah, even though we were the ones that would have been said yes to this as a station, we would then be saying, how That's why you don't listen to us. How you're a moron. You're sure with this cooked quarterback from Seattle? What a joke. 215-592-9494. It's how you hop aboard. We come back. I want to read to you something that is, is literally from the Hall of Fame. Literally from the Hall of Fame. I'm staring at it right now. And it is an anniversary on WIP today. We'll hit that next on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, 
empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.